Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Amazing Business Radio. My name's Shep Hyken, and I am super excited today because we have an amazing guest. And let me ask you a question. Do you want to attract more loyal and repeat customers? Do you want to monetize whatever social media uh, efforts you have? Do you want to ignite innovation and increase sales and profits? I mean, who doesn't want to do that? Well, we have the expert on the show today, and that is Ford Sakes, a business growth innovator. He's a speaker. He's an author, and he is my buddy. Welcome to Amazing Business Radio, Ford Sakes. So glad to be here, Shep. Thanks for having me on today. Well, I'm excited because you have so much to share, and I remember meeting you. Really, I, I'd met you before, but the first time we really got to know each other a lot better was in Cancun, where you were teaching a university, um, basically, that's what they called it, a university-type conference, where it was a deep dive. It was social media. That was the, the main thrust of your presentation, and I remember that my little old website, when you typed in some major keywords to describe what I did, I would show up on the fourth page. Now, this was the first day of the conference that you started giving us advice. And I was looking around at everybody taking notes. But rather than me taking notes, I was actually on the computer doing what you were telling us to do. <laughs> and by the end of the conference, I had moved from the fourth page to the second page. And within about two weeks, I was on the first page. And that's all because of just one little piece of information you shared with us. And I know you're a lot bigger than that. So, I mean, I'm talking to the man that really knows what's going on. Well, thanks so much. I know that when a lot of people think about, you know, social media or the Internet, you know, they get so confused by these topics. But they're really just communication tools. Right. And that's one of the things that you've always said. It's marketing is marketing. It's just another way to market. It's another channel to market. Yeah, and there's really three conversations going on. You know, everybody who's listening to this um, on the show, you know, think about your business and think about your communication strategy. There's three conversations going on. One, the information that you're pushing out to your target market, where you're maybe doing blogs or articles or video or, or infographics or, or interviews like I'm doing, where you're pushing information out. The second conversation is hoping to engage your listeners to where they can actually interact back comment, uh, maybe be controversial, put send opinions in, where you're actually you're getting feedback or crowdsourcing ideas. So first conversation is going out, second is coming in, and the third conversation that you want to stimulate is peer-to-peer. What can you share? What information can your business share with your target audience that they can then share with other people that help build your influence? So they're, they're, you're, you're creating a community where your customers or your tribe or just people that you want to interact with are talking about this to each other. And maybe you just spark the conversation uh, with some topic and, and let it go from there. Uh, I think it's yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, think about, your, think about your website as being Starfleet Command and think about social media websites as uh, communication tools. And the, and the easiest way to do it because, you know, when you're listening to this, you know, who knows what the newest social media website will be. I mean, everybody knows Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and Google Plus and Pinterest. But now there's Instagram and Periscope and Blab, and there's all these other websites out there, and new ones that probably haven't even been created yet that are going to be around the corner. 
it doesn't matter. The best thing to do is don't get seduced by technology. Remember that these are just communication tools and that all social media websites are just databases. And everybody knows what a database is. A database has a record and you can sort and search. And that, that pretty much explains social media in three minutes or less. Well, it's great. And that's actually, that's right at three minutes. So I want to go backwards for a moment because usually the first thing I do is say, give me some in, you know, interesting facts about you, your background. So I want to know where you came from and how you got into this business and, and what you're doing. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I started out as an entrepreneur at a very young age. I started my first business at 15 years old. Since that time, I've had 17 different companies that I've founded. Uh, three of them have gone to the multimillion-dollar level. My biggest company had 100 employees. Uh, certainly, that's big enough for me as an entrepreneur. Some people have thousands of employees, but that was plenty big for me. And my background really started where I was able to identify gaps in the market between a need or want from a market and then and developing products and services to fill that. And that I became really good at that over the years. So beyond just having my own companies like primeconcepts.com and the other companies that I run, I was able to go into other people's company, look at their marketing, look at their strategies, look at what they're doing, and be able to find gaps. So I work with franchise organizations, executives, and corporations and associations to help them find, attract, and keep their customers. So if they're in business, there's really only four things they can do, Shep. They can either get more customers, they can increase the average transaction, they can increase the frequency of purchase, or they can leverage their resources. So even no matter whatever kind of training you're going to go into, it's going to lead to either more customers, more money with the same customers, frequency of purchase or referrals, and then leveraging these great tools. And there's never been a time in history. So back to my history, what got me into it? Well, I was successful in business. People started asking me how I did it, and that led into the speaking, the training, and the books, and the seminars, and the events. Wow. So people, you know, that's the thing. You're really good at what they do. They start saying, hey, can you help me? I need to know, 15 years old, you started your first business. What was it? Well, 15 years old, I started a painting company. I grew up in the projects of North Minneapolis, Minnesota. I was paying $17 a month for government housing, and I was trying to figure out a way to earn money other than how everybody in my neighborhood was earning money, which is another story. And so in short, I basically started a painting company that first year. I generated $35,000 in sales, and in t to make that, that might not sound like a lot in today's numbers, but in equivalence in 1976, that was worth $175,000. So imagine a kid from the projects that all of a sudden has $175,000 in revenue. So I spent $176,000, you know, I spent $36,000. So, you know, it really comes down to identifying, you know, and not being afraid to take action and to take risk. I think I have a very high risk tolerance. And as an entrepreneur, I think anybody listening to this has to. So it was calculated risks, and I took action. And that's really the thing. I didn't have the education. I didn't have the support. And I certainly didn't have the money. But I had the dream, and I had the passion and the persistence to make it happen. All right. So you made $35,000 as a 15-year-old when the kids around the corner were making that kind of money, selling stuff that you're not allowed to sell even today. Right. And uh, But I, I heard you say you spent 36000 Is that what I, I – so, yeah. Yeah. So, so what happened is, is, is I generated thirty-five thousand dollars of sales, but I actually lost money. So my first year in business, I, you know, I went into debt. I had credit card debt and things like that. So, 
I, it took years later till I figured out how to actually turn uh, and make it profitable, pay taxes, have insurance. Oh, yeah, that and little do the thing, the pay right taxes. Way. I guess you yeah, had to do that. Yeah, I didn't. That. Yeah, good luck. I don't know what the statute of limitations are, but you know, anybody listening to this from the IRS, uh, this is just hypothetical. <laughs> right. No, but here, I'm going to absolve you from all your guilt, and, and there's no criminal action here because if you actually spent more than you made, you owe no taxes. You, That's true. Yeah, so I think you're That's off the true. hook. I had to taxable deductions to to offset any income <laughs> right. that I might have had. Uh, but, you know, it took years later. But the, the key thing is regardless, uh, the mindset is where it started to develop, uh, the tools of success training, um, being able to work on my personal growth and personal success, and then to create a culture in that in my companies, which helped my companies grow following those same procedures. So you had a really cool business. Uh, I think it was an invention. Uh, the bike yep. rack. Yeah, so um, the short story, after I had the painting company, I, I was a speed skater and was in speed skating. And after, and I went to the Olympic Training Center in 1984 and 87 as a resident athlete. I didn't go to the Olympics, but I did train at, the, at Colorado Springs at the training center. And so after I got out of speed skating, I got into cycling. And I had these two nice bikes, Shep, and I didn't have anywhere to put them. And I'm living in an apartment, and I, I didn't want to drill a hole in the ceiling. So I sat down and I sketched out a drawing for a bike rack that would go to floor to ceiling. Now, it's interesting because even last week during uh, Monday Night Football, Subway ran a commercial, and my bike rack was in the background of the Subway commercial. And then the next commercial was FanDuel, and they were talking about – and it was in the background of that commercial. So I paused it and I took a photo. So here it is. I invented that product in 1984. Um and here it is, years and years later, my products are still being used in TV and radio and in and, and publications and movies and uh, so forth, as well, of course, dealers all across the country and, and exporting. But, um, you know, it's really the, the, the invention came out of a need again. It came out of a need of I had nice bicycles, didn't have anywhere to put them. And so I developed this rack, and then I, had, uh, I sold retail direct. I had wholesale distribution. I had 4,000 dealers. I sold through uh, about 50 different specialty mail-order catalogs like Sharper Image and SkyMall. I was in the mass merchants in Walmart and Sam's and Costco and JCPenney's when they were around and Malcolm Rewards when they were around, and I was in mass merchants. So I basically learned all the different channels of distribution from taking a product from a manufacturer and getting it into the hands of a consumer. And this was all before really the Internet had, had really become a boom and for those that aren't familiar with this bike rack you may have seen it it's basically uh i guess it would be if if you could describe it as a piece of wood and i think they made them in wood but the one that i actually had was metal uh but basically it is a two by four uh you know call it a pole if you will that extends and you could extend it uh you know you were able to do that it was adjustable from floor to ceiling and you made that nice and tight so it wouldn't move, and it was there, and it had a couple of, of places to hang your bikes. So you could hang yeah, it your was two a, bikes. Yeah, it was actually the way – it was interesting because when we sold it in one market, we would call it a, a store fixture. When we sold it in another market, it was a home furnishing. And we sold the sporting goods. It was a sporting goods item. So it was the same item <laughs> packaged three different ways. And the, the products were a whole line of oak and aluminum that went from floor to ceiling. They were tension mount systems that would go in between the floor and the ceiling to hold up from one to four bikes. And then it spun off into a lot of other products, and we had other different you know, 
um, racks for kayaks and skateboards and all kinds of other accessories. But it was basically a pole system, so you didn't have to drill holes in the ceiling. But, you know, back to an invention, and it was really comes back to being innovative. You know, a lot of people have great ideas, but they just don't take action. I'm sure that, you know, you've seen things on TV, the radio, or in a store, and you've, you've said, I've thought of that, but you didn't take the action on it. So it's what has to change in your mindset to actually take the action. Right. So not only do you have to take action, uh, but it's nice to know how to go about doing it. And I would imagine that back when you started this little venture, it was more difficult than it is today because today, boy, it does it. You go on LegalZoom, you get your copyrights and your patents and or your trademarks, and then all of a sudden, within a matter of a few months, you can launch this and go live and put a nice, beautiful website, which, by the way, your company builds beautiful websites. I'll give you a plug, primeconcepts.com. And well, thank you so much. And, <laughs> and you know, you're right. There's never been a time in history that where someone could start, no matter whether you're listening to this and you have a business or you work for a business or you're considering starting a business, you know, one of the best things you can do is, as an action step is make sure you tune in to Amazing Business Radio with Shep because he's always going to have insightful guests that are going to give you doable action steps that you can do. So let's think about this for your business, all right? So obviously you know you need to have a website if you start a new business. Number one, because people are going to Google you. Number two, you need to make sure that that website's mobile-enabled. Pull out as an action step, no matter what company you work for, if it's yours, pull out your smartphone, look up your website, and make sure it works on a mobile device, both horizontal and, and, and vertical. And if you cannot read the text or if you have to pinch and zoom, that's not mobile. Mobile means it should look readable, right? So right. you have your website, you have your um, mobile website, and it's all the same site and it's responsive. Then you need to look at your social media and fish where the fish are, and then then you can start to grow your influence. And, and you know, years ago when I started, I had to use traditional publicity. I pitched the media. I did media releases and press releases and photo opportunities and interviews constantly with newspapers. Uh, trade publications, um, association publications. This is before internet, and I'm really an old direct response guy. And then when the internet came in, you know, '94, '95, kind of in there, I transitioned, and I realized that the internet is such a great communication tool. It's so funny, Shep, when I see people who write articles on copywriting or on leveraging the power of the internet, and they think they've invented headlines, or they think they've invented a strategy, and you know, they'll call it a, a sales funnel. Well, sales funnels have been around for hundreds of years. I mean, it's just the mediums have changed, and so people think that they've invented it. <laughs> they didn't really invent it. They, this is direct response marketing has been around forever. The right. internet just made it easier. And, and it's all the same. All right, so we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to get into some of these specific strategies. Uh, I especially want to talk about social media because many people are going, okay, how can I really exploit this social media thing? So we're going to talk about that. This is Ford Sakes we've been talking with. An amazing innovator. Uh, he's he's an entrepreneur, but he gives us information that virtually any business of any size can use. Don't go away. This is Amazing Business Radio. We'll be right back. How would you like customer service training anytime you want it or need it, day or night? Well, with Shepherd Virtual Training, you will have world-class customer service training at your fingertips online 24-7, 365 days a year. Just go to www.sheponDemand.com. Once again, that's SheponDemand.com. And remember, always be amazing. 
You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep Hyken here, back on Amazing Business Radio on the CBS and Play It Network. And we're talking with Ford Stakes. Right before we took a break, Ford was talking about how really everything in business is pretty much, it's been there, it's the same. The difference is we've got these great tools that make it so much easier to communicate. It allows a little company to have a big presence. It allows us to engage with the world of customers, not just a, a region or a city or even a neighborhood. So, Ford, you know, I, I promise that we talk a little bit about social media and demystify it. Um, if, if I were going to start a social media strategy, what would be the first thing I'd want to do? Well, the first thing I'd, you'd want to do is you'd want to get really clear on your clear value propositions. And so you know what value you add, and you'd want to make a list of the problems you solve that people are willing to pay to make go away. Uh, that's so key. even if the problems aren't directly related to your product, you want to make that list. Right. The problems you solve that people are willing to pay money to make go away. I think that is what all business is about. It's if, if, if you think about it, that you know, Steve Jobs used to say, we invented things that people didn't even know they wanted or needed, and you know, maybe he got lucky. I don't think so because he did it over and over again. But that's what would happen. Let's, what problem can we solve? You know, he put into our hands one of the greatest, most powerful computers of all time that do amazing things. It no longer is a want. It's you, you need to have it in order to really, you know, you know, be successful and have things. I mean, people say, well, you really don't need a cell phone. But it's not about a cell phone. Kids today don't even know that their cell phone or their mobile phone actually has a phone built into it. <laughs> right. You know, they say, you know, the funny thing is when you do the studies, using a mobile phone, the first thing that people use is texting. The second thing they use is email. The third thing they use is access to the Internet. And the fourth thing is actually making a phone call. So, you know, and, and if you look at the size of the phones, the reason they went from a big bag phone and then they went super, super small. But once people figured out that they could use their phone for apps and for texting, then the screens got bigger and bigger. So we went really big, really small, and now, you know, I've got an iPhone 6 Plus, which is a big phone. But I would never go back to a smaller phone because I can, I can travel with it and I can do everything with it. So back to your original question about social media. Again, for the listeners, it's really about uh, communication. So your strategy should start with what is your point and how can you add value? Now, if you want to follow someone, everybody should go to hiking.com and, and sign up for Shep's blog and sign up for his easing because Shep is a master. What you've done is you're a doer. Like you said, you came to my event in Cancun years ago, but you're a doer. So you took social media on and you write. Every time I've seen you, it doesn't matter if it's a board meeting or where we are traveling together, you have your laptop out, you're writing an article. And if you're not writing an article, you're commenting on an article. And if you're not commenting on an article, you're giving commentary on something. So you're really using the social media to position yourself. And, and for those of you that are you know, obviously listeners of, of his show, he's the preeminent customer engagement, customer service, customer satisfaction speaker, trainer, author, and expert. And really, to go one step further, and I'll let you get back in here. I'm not stopping you. You're doing great right now. You just keep talking about me. <laughs> but, you're really, but you're really a thought Ser- leader. Now, now there's a difference. Thank you. I, I'm considered an expert. Okay, I'm a business expert. 
What Shep's done is he's taken it to the level of thought leader. So there's experts, and there's experts are diamond dozens. And I'm a good, I'm a good expert. I'm not criticizing my expertise. I'm great. I help companies make millions of dollars. I'm responsible for over a billion dollars in sales. I make huge transactions, tr- transformations. But I don't write every day. I don't blog every day. I don't leverage YouTube because I'm busy with my clients. Now what Shep does is he's actually a thought leader. See, a thought leader is someone who actually moves thought in an area. And who's a preeminent? Who, so when you he, he, when you think of Shep, he's synonymous with it. So of the people who think they're thought leaders, 98% are really not thought leaders. They're experts, and there's nothing wrong with being a business expert. Business experts are needed, and they're great. But if you really elevate to the next level of thought leader, that means that you're actually influenced thought in a space where you're making the movement in the culture of organizations and how they think. So think about your business as a listener of this show. Think about the culture in your organization. Think about how you engage your customers. Think about what you're doing. And what you want to do is get insights into make that relationship better. And that's what I, you know, the, the you've done just so amazingly. Well, thanks. So I've got to give credit where credit is due. I already mentioned how I've opened up my computer. I just started doing what you yep. told me to do. And you, you, the, you said something, and I'm going to take full credit for this, okay? Maybe I got lucky with a lot of things. But I take credit for simply this. I am a doer. I try things. I do things. I hear somebody with an idea. And one of the things you told me, Ford, I'll never forget. I started to play around with YouTube. I had maybe, what, 15 videos on YouTube, short little videos that I put together uh, with a little camera in my office. And, and it was just a few years ago that you said, if you want to own your space, Go on YouTube and start putting content on YouTube. Make it available. Put your best information out there. Today, I have over 400 videos on YouTube. And I don't know how much of that makes me own my space, but people are constantly calling me saying, hey, we watch your videos every week or every month at our sales meetings. Our you know, guy comes in and he said, we need a speaker, and we just figured we'd hire you. And, and, you know, we need training. So they have my training company actually deliver training. And it's all because you said exploit YouTube. So YouTube's a great strategy. I think content marketing, which is something we're going to definitely get into in this show with you, is it's about putting content out there. And just so you know what I do, and, and I want you to elaborate on this, I write an article. And from that article, I pull out little tweets. I pull out little tips and, of course, I turned the article into a video. So how can we exploit that YouTube strategy even further? Well, the, the, the biggest thing is to think about what type of videos do you want to create, okay? So everybody, um, action step number one, YouTube is the second largest search engine, so you need to be visible on it because when you have keywords in um, your videos and on your descriptions and your titles, when someone searches – your videos will come up. So if you want to dominate the search engines, use videos. So now you know why to do it, but let's talk about what you can do. You should do testimonial videos and have playlists for your products and services. You should have how-to videos. You should come up with the top 10 questions that you get asked or 20 questions that you get asked most frequently. And for those of you that are owners of companies, you should solicit your salespeople, solicit your customer service department, solicit your HR department, solicit anybody who works in your company, and ask them what are the top five or six questions that they get asked most frequently. And then ask yourself, does this make sense to create a video? See, anything that you do on a repetitive basis, anything you should replicate, you should duplicate. So if, you, if it's repetitive, 
you should go create videos for it and then use them. That way, uh, the strategy is you're putting content on YouTube, building up your channel, building up your followers, building up your subscribers, and then driving them to a specific resource. So, for example, um, Shep on customer service, Shep should be doing videos around customer service, customer engagement. Um, he can do uh, reviews. He can do all kinds of things. And as he positions himself, opportunities for speaking come up, opportunities for selling products and services come up, opportunities for becoming a spokesperson, a sponsored. As he gets more videos, he can be a sponsor. I mean, you know, my wife who runs Centiworks, Centiworks.com, uh, who I don't even take the time to do her own videos. She's got over 3 million views on YouTube. She's making $1,000 a month from her YouTube monetization from ads that run on her videos, and she's got 8,000 subscribers. So every time she does a video, it goes to 8,000 people. So these are tools that people just don't take advantage of, and this works for any business. I don't care if you're a local business, a national business, a small business, whether you're in service, manufacturing, insurance, dental, real estate, pharmaceutical, it doesn't matter. It's a communication tool. So think about what would you send out on a regular basis to help educate your market about what you do and the problems that they're dealing with. And here's the cool thing. People think, well, i got to create a nice video. You don't have to create an HBO production. Uh, we've, if you, it's amazing. We've come a long way since I do videos so often. I actually now have a little studio. I took a closet. I put nice lighting in it, which, by the way, I bought on eBay for under $100. I bought studio lights. Uh, my camera, the camera that we have in our pocket on our smartphones is powerful enough for YouTube. You know, you can actually just use that. We like to use an external microphone, one that plugs into uh, the video camera just to give it a little bit better sound quality. But really, you don't even need a studio. Just, you know have a nice background and, and hold the camera up and just start talking. You know, be purposeful and make sure it's scripted well. Like I said, I take my, my articles and just turn them in to videos. But I think, Ford, you once said, people will forgive the quality of the video. The sound's important. They need to be able to clearly right. hear it. But it's really about the information. And what is a good length? We don't want them to be too long. Was it five minutes, three minutes, ten minutes? What's good? Sure. So, so the concept behind the length of video is – it's never too long, only too boring. So, so well, you need like to that. think about it, it's not the length. It, it, you want to make sure that it's it's not you know it's not boring. Um, so, so shorter is better because here's why, Shep. If you do if you do a three minute piece on customer engagement, and people watch all three minutes, then it gets boosted in the search engine. But if you did a six minute video, and let's say at three minutes they dropped off and everybody starts dropping off at three minutes, then it's telling YouTube that that video is not good, and it drops it in the search engine. So ha making sure that people are watching the entire video all the way through gives the video boosts and gives it views. And so shorter the better. And again, you know, for all the listeners here, I know you've been on YouTube, and, and, and here's probably the biggest thing is we're talking a lot about YouTube, but we really need to back up a little bit and realize this is video marketing. It used to be the strategy would be, I'd say to everybody, you need to do YouTube videos, and you do. You need a YouTube channel, upload your videos, engage your readers and listeners and viewers, and, and really use your content. But now, Shep needs to take those 400 videos that he has on YouTube, and he needs to go back and publish them to Facebook. Because now Facebook has their own, they're, they're competing for eyeballs. Facebook doesn't want to 
send the traffic to YouTube anymore. So instead of putting a link on Facebook, you need to physically post the video to Facebook just like you used to do for photos. Um, and that's going to also help you in the search engine, also help you with the credibility. So now there's a whole new reason to do that. Right. So it, and it just gets better. And once again, the concept of repurposing existing material, leveraging your one little piece of content into multiple uh, different opportunities. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about this. But I also want to get into the concept of how you can get a steady stream of leads, people that want you, people that will buy from you, people that want to do business with you. We'll be right back. This is Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. I love a good book, and Linda Kaplan-Thaler and Robin Koval have a brand new book titled From Grit to Great. It tackles a topic close to their hearts, one that they feel is the real secret to their own success in their careers and in the careers of so many that they know, and that's the power of grit. It's perseverance, perspiration, determination, and sheer stick to The fact is, so many people get ahead, including the gifted ones, because they work incredibly hard and they make their own luck. So check out their new book on Amazon.com, From Grit to Great. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Shep Hyken here back on Amazing Business Radio. We're talking with the incredible Ford Sakes, who's been giving us all kinds of great tips and ideas on how to leverage social media. We've been talking about YouTube, uh, YouTube videos, but actually we take those videos and now they become Facebook videos. And uh, the more you repurpose content, the better. Let me emphasize, if you write one article, just a simple article, three, four hundred words, just turn it into a video by reading it, you know, and it, just hang it underneath your camera and just read it and, and see how it looks. And that's a great piece of content to put on YouTube. Take little pieces out of the article, short little sentences that are tweetable. Now you have tweets. Uh, there's all kinds of things. So if you find there's a great quote in there, make it look pretty. And now you have what's called a meme. Uh, there's all kinds of ways to repurpose it. Ford, anything you want to add to that? And then I want to get into uh, how you create leads and how it really becomes a lead magnet. Certainly. I think we can go straight into, you know, how do you generate traffic and leads? Because really it's all about three things. How do you increase your influence? How do you build your list? And how do you increase your sales? So as a business owner, I don't care what kind of business you have, you need to increase your influence. You need to build your list, so your prospect list, and, and you know, keep people in your funnel. And then you need to, you need to get sales, repeat sales, and, and so forth. So let's talk about generating those leads and generating those conversions. The first place to start is to create a lead magnet. Now, there's two types of lead magnets. Lead magnet is a fancy term for giving away something for free in order to capture the person's contact information. So, Shep, there's two basic categories of lead magnets. There's the at the time of purchase, and then there's the how-to. So the time of purchase is go to any website that's selling things that's successful, and chances are when you get there, there's going to be a pop-up that says, join our newsletter, get 10% off. Well, that's the lead magnet. They're saying, give me your contact information, and I'll give you something of value. So that's the one type. The second type is where you're saying, give me your contact information, and I'll actually give you something of value. The seven keys, the five tips, the three secrets. It could be ways, keys, tips, secrets, methods, ideas. And there's 
two subcategories, and I'll, let, I'll ask for a question. So it's one is at the time of purchase, two is at uh, is a how-to, but there's the single how-to where you're basically saying, Shep, give me your name and email, and I'll give you access to something, or where you give away the content for free. It's a two-step. So it's a one-step or it's a two-step where you actually give away something for free. You don't even ask them for contact information, but that builds trust and credibility, and then you opt in. So that's where your articles and your YouTube videos and your infographics and your little quote graphics, and those are the things you're giving away for free to build trust, and then you should be conditioning your market to engage with you by actually opting in to get something more specific. Right, and I think it's powerful. The more you give, the more you get. It's the law of reciprocity. Yeah, you can't give away too much. People always say, well, and, you know, and this isn't just for professional speakers, authors, trainers, and experts. This is for any business. I don't care if you're a manufacturer. What do your, what do your wholesalers or distributors need? I mean, you, you, can, you can come up with the content. And, and sometimes, Shep, it can be something that isn't even something related to your product, but it's something of value to that market just so you can get their contact information. Uh, there's an old story years ago where a company gave away 35-millimeter film and people couldn't understand, why are you giving away 35-millimeter film? Well, then they took that list and they sold it to Canon, Kodak, and Nikon by saying, look, we've got a list of 100,000 people that we guarantee have 35-millimeter cameras. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. That's a pretty sharp idea there. So, yeah. Yeah. A little old school, but yeah. <laughs> and you know what? It, 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 it's, it, and that's a little uh, – I wouldn't call that anything even unethical, but, I mean, it's the truth. Why did they do it? And by the way – that's what companies do today. They want your information. They want to know what your interests are. And if, if you're willing today, uh, you know, maybe that was a little underhanded to say, hey, we're going to give you a roll of film and then we're going to sell your name. Well, today, right. you know, we make promises that we're not going to sell your name. As a matter of fact, if you give me the right information, I'll make sure that I promote to you what you want and I'll, and I'll do it when you need it. Recently, uh, I did a, a program, and it was right after I attended the IBM Insight Conference. Thousands of people there to learn about analytics. And basically, what I realized is that when I post on Facebook a picture of the ice cream pie my wife bought me for my birthday, it says, happy birthday, and I love ice cream, look at the pie she bought. Now, the people that sell ice cream and market ice cream know, number one, that I love ice cream. Number two, they now know my birthday. So they can send me a promotional coupon for my favorite, and they could probably figure out what my favorite flavor of ice cream if they follow me closely enough. And they know, a number, and they should also know other things. They'll notice if I post anything on Facebook and Twitter and anywhere else about ice cream. Instagram, it's always on a Friday or Saturday. Apparently, I don't eat ice cream during the week. So by the way, don't promote to me on a Tuesday morning. Promote to me on a Friday afternoon right as I'm getting ready to go out and say, hey, tonight on your way home, stop by and get some ice cream. It's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, it comes. It's, it's, you know, some people frown on it and they, they, they think it's, it's privacy invasion. But really, you know, why would I want to promote something to people who don't want it? So it's raising your hand ethically. The companies that do it right create relationships. They deliver real value, and 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 people don't mind. I'd rather, like, I'm a cyclist. I don't mind getting things from Colorado Cyclist. Um, or competitive cyclists, those two sites that I buy from, because I'm, I'm a cyclist. Um, I'm into CrossFit. I don't mind getting something from CrossFit you know, about a gym or about a special or something that I'm interested in. The key is if you're delivering real value, 
and you use the 90-10 rule where you're giving 90% content and 10% promotion, it's fine. Now, if it's something where they expect a promotion, well, then fine. Then, then you go ahead and, and you can get whatever it is that you're trying to promote. And there are companies out there that are specifically asking you, how many times do you want to hear from us? And what are your sure. most important – I mean, Target was doing this. And Target was targeting their marketing, to, and they specifically asked their customer, how much yeah, is too that, much? I don't know how much time we have left in the interview, but I will take – do I have 30 seconds? Sure. So one of the bad things that Target did and they got in trouble for is they were using data analytics to identify the types of products that people bought before the, when they got pregnant. And then they sent out a promotion right, to the people. I remember that. that. And, and they got in trouble because these were people who hadn't told anybody they were pregnant, but because of the statistics that, that Target had. So sometimes you can go too far like Target did. Um, but, yeah, most of us in our businesses, if you just listen to what your customers want and you're answering the questions that they have, they'll love you for it and they'll appreciate it. Right. Target's still good lesson there. Number one, you can cross the line. But number two, if you get the right information, you'll know when to market to them. So back yeah. to the steady stream of leads. We've got a few minutes left here. Okay. And if there's anything else you want to add to building it. So we've got the lead magnet, the giveaway. So the lead magnet you know, the goes on your website rule. and social media. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, but that's what I mean. You know, you've given us a lot of little tips here. Are there any? Is there anything else that we would want to know to help generate these leads and convert them into yeah, customers? Yeah. So, so you can do the lead magnet. You can give it away on social media. You can put it on your website. You can do a remarketing campaign where you're doing Facebook ads and they're visiting your site. And if they don't buy, now you're getting ads back when they visit Facebook. So there's retargeting. Um, you can use them as uh, direct mail pieces. You, you, again, you can multipurpose it. So you really want to first think about mapping out your customer experience from the time they become a suspect to a prospect to a qualified lead to an ex, to a client and to an uh, advocate. So you have everything from a suspect on one end of the spectrum to an advocate where someone loves you on the other end. And you want to map out all that. And then you want to look at what are the communi- what are the touch points that I'm doing on a regular basis, depending on what you're selling. So if you're a retail business or a wholesale business or a manufacturer, depending on your channel of distribution, those touch points are going to be different and the communications are going to be different. Keep in mind, don't think in B to B or B to C. Think in P2P, think in people-to-people, because at the end of the day, that's what you're doing in business. You're communicating value. You're solving problems. You should be an unabashed promoter. You should believe in your product so much. So fine, so there are a few people that opt out and don't want your list. Who cares? There's millions of people who want what you're selling and move on. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Well, you've given us some great advice, some great thoughts, tips, tactics, tools. Don't just think about what Ford's telling us. Do what Ford is telling us. And I'm going to end this with, if you can think of it, I'm going to put you on the spot. Is there one thing that you can think of you absolutely want to share? We may have not talked about it. You may want to emphasize it. What's the one thing you want our listeners to know for sure when we get off? As a special bonus, they can get their cell phones out, and they can text the word superpower, one word, superpower, to 33 Four 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 to get some special bonuses. It's really easy. There's nothing to buy. Three three four four four. Send a text message to three three four 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 with the keyword superpower. And the biggest thing I would say is 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 done is better than perfect. Stop waiting for everything to be perfect. Get it done. Right. If Bill Gates would have waited for Windows to be perfect, we'd still <laughs> good we'd luck still on be, that. Right. Okay. So let me make sure. I just pull out my smartphone. I open up my messages. 
where I would normally put somebody's phone number, I put in 33444, and in the message yep. area, I put in the word superpower. Yep. That's it? And what am I going to get? That's it. Uh, you're going to get some bonuses. They're up online. I have to go check with my team to see what's there, but it'll be there for all the listeners, so don't all worry. All right, bonuses like uh, – Some checklists and some to-dos that work for every business. Some good – okay, good ideas, things that we can use to help uh, you know further market ourselves. This is great. Ford, that's a great gift. Thank you very much. You're more than welcome. All right, and thank you for being on the show. You're awesome, man. You're you're not only one of the smartest guys I know. I'm I'm lucky to be able to say we're friends, and I just love that we can hang out together, and and that you're willing to share all this good information with everyone, which is part of what you talked about. Share, share, share. And you may notice that we spent uh, just about thirty five plus minutes talking about how tos, tips, and at the very end, Ford gave us. Another tip, which is to get those bonuses, to get those special things that will help us in our business, which, by the way, you're now going to get in his funnel, which you will get more good information, well worth the price of admission, which is just simply taking probably less than 20 or 30 seconds to do that. 33444, you text to 33444, put in the word superpower as the message, and you'll get Ford's special gifts. All right, Ford, thanks a million. Ladies and gentlemen, this is why we call it Amazing Business Radio. Ford, you truly are amazing. Everybody, I look forward to seeing you on the next show. This is Shep Hyken. Always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.